Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Heavenly Interventions. I'm your host, Belma Vardy, and in every episode, we share testimonies of God radically changing people's lives and situations for the better, so you can find hope and faith that He has a good plan for you, too. In this second episode, I continue sharing my interview on Minnie and Friends with host Minnie Moore. Today, we'll hear the second part of this very powerful testimony, a dramatic story of honor and forgiveness, of abuse, rejection, abandonment. And I love how God takes what is bad and turns it into good, how he can take deep trauma to bring a story of healing and overcoming. And now to the second part of my story. And my friend, once again, is Belma Vardy. And, you know, some of you may have heard her story before, but I'm going to just do a little synopsis of it. Belma, you were born? In Canada, Toronto. Mm -hmm. But at, was it six weeks? It was at age 26 months. Months, okay. My mom took me to Germany and left me there. Mm -hmm. Basically to another country. She took me away from my dad. Uh, was filed as a kidnapping, and I did not see my dad for 19 years. My goodness. And in the middle of all of that, you saw the the Berlin Wall go down? Well, it was August 13, 1961. The wall went up, and Mm -hmm. I was living there at the time. So we were Berlin Wall massacre survivors. Never heard it. Never, Never heard anybody say it like that, but... One of the things that happened to you with that was that out of 50 members of your family, you lost 47. We did. We lost 47 relatives. My goodness. And that was just my grandparents and I left. And what a trauma. How old were you at that time? I was five and a half at that time. What a trauma for a little girl. And the story goes on because having been rejected by her mother, her father, she's now living with grandparents, but then she comes back to Canada and is continued to get rejected by your mom. Yes, I came back because my mom was remarried and she was under pressure. Well, if you should have a, if you have a daughter, she should come live with you. But she really didn't want me. So I found myself in an abusive situation for the next seven years until the police and the children's aid came and pulled me out. Wow. And, you know, one of the things that I don't think we really touched on there was from the very beginning that your mother did not want you because she tried to abort you. She did. Yes. But she didn't like children. She wow. didn't want children. Mm-hmm. But here you are. And here I am. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. You know, Belma, your story is one of those stories that you have to understand. It is very obvious that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen. And you know, he talks about from you were knitted in your mother's womb. Yes. He knew you. Yes. And so we know that that time of where the Lord knew her in the womb. He knew the plans and the purpose, mm-hmm. as he says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know mm-hmm. the plans I have for you, Velma. Yes. They're plans for good. They're plans not mm-hmm. for evil, but to give you a future and a hope. Yes. You have moved on. Yes. I mean, as you said, you hadn't seen your father in 19 years. You reconciled with your dad. Am I correct? Yes, well, my dad and I were looking for each other for many years. Really? And he flew to Germany 
I guess when I was 21, mm -hmm. and he had written every person that had the same last name as my grandparents a registered letter. Wow. And so he sent them out, and they all came back but one. And then he knew that was theirs, their address, and he wrote a second letter. And then, of course, when they received it, they called me and said, Belma, your father is looking for you. No, you were in Canada at this point. I was in Canada at this point. Wow. But I had been looking for him. I would take his picture and hitchhike to Toronto when I was 13, 14 years old, knock on doors and show his picture and say, have you seen this man? It's my daddy and I'm looking for him. Wow. And I never found him. And I always thought to myself, if only I could find my dad, then wow. my life will come in order. Wow. But you know what? It wasn't until I met my heavenly father that my life come came on. in order. Then when that track came lined up with the track of the living God, then I had the strength and the hope and the endurance to keep going and really be satisfied in my relationship with my dad. Because all those years I didn't see him, we tried to make up for that. And you can't. You can't. No. no exactly. No, no. Mm -hmm. So then we met for the first wow. time. What was that like? Oh, my goodness. I had seen pictures of him for years at my grandparents' home. Mm -hmm. Him and my mom on their wedding day and so forth. In my heart, I knew this man absolutely adored me. And I always felt like a princess looking at him. So when, it's very interesting what happened because he left a phone number in his little letter to me. And I called him at his store and he answered. And I was so shocked that out of my, my innermost being came this anger. And I said to him, why didn't you find me before this? Oh, wow. I wow. know. So it's like, hi, this is Belma. I'm your daughter. But why didn't you find me before this? And he said, you just come and I'll explain everything to you. So I went four days later to see him. And it was like slow motion mm. when I was walking towards him. It was like a movie. And when I saw him for the first time, I recognized him right away. He was just as handsome wow. and as I had imagined. And when we came together, he gave me an envelope and he, he opened it up. There was all kinds of pictures of me as a baby, my grandparents, my relatives. He said, here, I want you to know that I'm your father. And I'm thinking, well, I would never have doubted that. But anyways, <laughs> um, and then he pulled out another brown envelope and he said, I want you to promise me one thing. These are papers of your court case of your mother and I, of what we went through and what she did to me. And I want you to promise me that before you read these, that you will always honor her and respect her because she's the one that carried you in her tummy and she's the one that brought you into this world. And because of her, you have life. What a man. Yes. Wow. Yes. And I didn't know, and neither did he, the grace I would have to walk in to fulfill that but I promised him I would, and I really did. How to the did very you do end. that? Well, um, my mom, uh, it was how many years later? I guess about 20 years later, I received a call from the authorities. Mm -hmm. There was the police, there was the lawyers, and they said, we have your mother in custody. 
she was in Germany at the time. Oh, she had gone to Germany. She'd gone to Germany, mm-hmm. and they had arrested her because she had taken the will of my grandparents, and she had forged their signature. Mm-hmm. She had changed it because what happened was they left half to her and half to me. Mm-hmm. This is she. She was the daughter of. of she was of the daughter of. That's okay. right. And so in Germany, the children have access to the bank accounts. And so she was there seven months making, changing things, but she got caught. Mm-hmm. And when you get caught in Germany, you are put in jail for life. That's, wow. it. That's it. There is no other way. However, my name was on the will, mm-hmm. but I was in Canada. And what they needed they needed to see me in person. So they said, if you could come in person to Germany, then we can verify your existence, and then we can put her in jail. Right. So I said, okay, let me get this straight. If I come, then she will go to jail, and I will get all the money. It was half of a million dollars. Wow. If I don't come, she gets all the money, she gets released, and I get none. But she doesn't go to jail. That's correct. So... I had instantly I had this picture, this vision of an old woman sitting in a jail cell. It was my mom growing old. And I thought to myself, well, Jesus wouldn't do that to his mother. So why would I do that to mine? Wow. That's huge. I know. But it was God speaking to me. Yes. It really was. You are a Christian now. Yes, I I was a Christian now, but I was also dealing at that time with the fact that my ex-husband had walked out on me. So they were badgering me for two weeks. The lawyers, the police, come on, you got to come to Germany and we want to see you so that we can get on with this case because Mm -hmm. we have her in custody. Mm -hmm. And I, at the end of two weeks, I didn't have a piece about doing this. Did you remember what your father had said? No, I didn't at the time. I did not remember. But I did think of this. My mother came from my grandmother. My grandmother bore her in her womb and brought her into this world. Why would I harm something that my grandparents created and carried and brought into this world? And I don't gave want you to. Life. And gave me life. Why would I harm them? them? And so I said at the end of the two weeks to the lawyers and to the police, you can let her go. Wow. I free her. And they were so angry at me. But you know what happened? She got banned from Germany. She um, came home. She put herself in her own jail. She took my inheritance, $250,000. She bought a boat, a big boat. Her and her second husband got on the boat. He fell off and he drowned. Wow. I know. And then she put herself in a jail of her own making. She didn't talk to anybody. She had a slot in the door where she would um, give little notes, cut my grass or whatever, right? But she didn't see anybody for 19 years. Wow. And so the next time that I received a call was 19 years later from her doctor (laughs) who said, your mom has passed away and we need for you to come identify her body. So what a story. I know. So I, I'm, I'm skipping over a lot here, mm-hmm. but um, I went to, to identify her body and there she lay. And I was, I was so 
just enamored being close to her because I had never been allowed to be close to my mom, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in life. In life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just put my hands through her hair and I touched her and my tears fell on her cheeks. And um, wow. so I kept her for about two years before we did a funeral. I had to work a lot of things through. I went through her house and found all kinds of evidence of her stealing my inheritance which was very painful mm-hmm. that she would do that to my grandparents, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, just a lot of things. Like She kept everything from 1951, so I had all the evidence of what happened between her and my father. And she was very cruel to him, mm-hmm. and she was cruel to my grandmother. But after two years, I worked things through, and I came to a place where I wanted to honor her. Wow. What can I do for my mom? Wow. And then I thought, well... I had cremated her, I had her ashes, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to give her the best funeral ever. So I called up my friend, who's a pastor, and Mary Audrey, and I said, you know, I, I would like to do a funeral for my mom. Well, we planned it as though 10,000 people were coming, and it was the most beautiful funeral. I honored her. We played all her favorite songs. There was hardly anybody there. There was just myself. I had a photographer there, and... um the, the people from the funeral home. But as I put her ashes in the ground, I just knew I did the right thing. I felt a heat. I felt the heat of the Lord. And I felt that God was very, very pleased. Mm-hmm. And then I had a dream after uh, she was buried. And in the dream, I was in heaven and there was a choir singing. And Jesus tapped me on the shoulders and he took me to a room. And my mom was there in heaven. And so I walked to her, and she hugged me. And I thought, wow, is this what a mother's hug feels like? And it stayed with me for two weeks. When I woke up in the natural, the hug stayed with me for two weeks. And, you know, it was just so life-giving. And since that dream, I have no doubt that my mom is in heaven. And I'm so glad I followed the Lord's prompting and didn't put her in jail. Because Romans 12 says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And in other words, I didn't have to punish my mother for what she did. God knew better what the situation required. And you know, the truth is, I didn't lose my inheritance to my mother. To walk pleasing to the Lord and to be in His perfect will turns out better for us than anything we might want to do. I gained an inheritance in my Father God, and that's so much more important to me than money because I know God forgave her, and so did I. And I have peace, my conscience is clear, and the windows of heaven have opened up to pour out a blessing for me to walk in the destiny that He has prepared. Oh, what a story. It's time to take a breath. It's time to take a breath, Belma. You know, when you think of this, I mean, so many, we, you know, when it comes to this inheritance of what has been left. Yes. And there are so many stories. I mean, you you think of all the different things that you hear through the years, Mm -hmm. but God. Yes. And I think, as I asked you earlier, if you had remembered what your dad had said, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't remembering that. Now mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. that your your father, your earthly father yes. said, honor your mother. Yes. She gave you birth. Yes. But your heavenly father 
is the one that you remembered or you heard from. Yes. And you obeyed. Yes. And today you are one free woman. Yes, that's the key to forgiveness. Amen, sister. Speak to that, please. Forgiveness, because that is huge out there. Under the sound of your voice, I'm sure there are many who do not know how to forgive. Your mother tried to abort you. Your mother rejected you. She abandoned you. But you know now today that all of that had to do with what was going on in her heart. Mm -hmm. But what was going on in your heart is more important. Mm -hmm. You know, what's important is that we keep our heart right before the Lord. Pure, yes. Pure and right standing before him. Amen. And he will take care of anything else. And I just continue to pray, Jesus, please help me to release this into your hands. Please help me to honor and love my mother. Help me to forgive her. And I would just continually pray that and ask him for his love and his grace and his mercy so that... The love I have comes from his heart towards my mom. And it's a true, beautiful, pure love that right now I just am so grateful that she was my mom. God could have picked any womb, but he picked hers. And that's the one I needed to honor. I actually needed to ask God to forgive me because I didn't accept he put me in that womb. But I am so grateful he did because if it wasn't for my mom bringing me into this world, I wouldn't be serving him. I wouldn't be in the place I am today. And it's all because of his grace, his love, and his forgiveness through Amen. me. Amen. Because you understand what he did at the cross for you. Yes. It was forgive them for yes. they know not what they do. It's, yes. it's so freeing. And so many of us hold on to this, what they did to me. Your mother tried to abort you in the womb. Your yeah. mother rejected you. Your mother abandoned you. Everything that one would say, I have nothing to do with her for what she did. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, Velma, today you are free. And I pray that those under the sound of her voice, as you have heard how she learned to forgive those that have hurt her, and today she gave it, that scripture that you use, for um, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Yes. It's not us to take vengeance. No, that's correct. God is using everything. And he says what the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good. To save many. Yes, Belma. and it also says, honor your father and mother amen. that it may go well with you, Ephesians 6. Yes, amen, that it may go well with you. And of course, that comes from the commandments which said, honor your father and your mother so that your days will be long on the earth. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, Velma, I look at you today and I know that you are free. I am. You are a free woman, a free daughter, a free bride of the kingdom. You've had a husband leave you. Yes. You know, you've had a lot of rejection in your life. But today, you know the one who was rejected and who will never reject you. That's it. You know, in this last minute, can you just speak to those out there under the sound of your voice and invite them to come to give their hearts to Jesus? For those of you listening, and if you've never done this before, I didn't do this before either, but I just ask you right now to please pray this prayer with me. Father in heaven, I stand before you. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my life. I want to be your child. Fill me, Holy Spirit, with your presence. 
Thank you, Jesus, for washing me clean with your blood. And thank you that I can now be called a child of God. Thank you for giving me the grace and the love to help me love others. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And we will be right back. And we are back with my friend, Belma Vardy. And Belma, what a story we have just heard about how you honored your mother, no matter that she had rejected, abandoned you. And you gave up $250,000, which was your inheritance from your grandparents. Actually, I gave up half a million. It was half a million. That's oh, right. Oh, wow. My, my portion and hers. Sorry. And hers. Okay. Uh-huh. So you gave up half a million dollars, yeah. kept your mother out of prison. Yes. And at the end of the day, gave her a beautiful funeral. Yes. Talk to our audience a little bit about how free you are today and where it has taken you. Because now you are doing something that worships the Lord. You honored your mother. And we were talking in the break about, you know, and I sense the Holy Spirit wanting this to go to air. Mm -hmm. Many of us think that we honor our parents when they're alive. And that's what the Bible talks about, honor your mother and your father. But this is not just about honoring your mother and father in life. It's about honoring them in death. Yes. And that's what you did with your mother. Yes, because it's showing respect for that person, but not only for that person, like my mom, it's showing respect for her parents who brought her into this world. Mm -hmm. Your grandparents who also took care of you. Yes, so it's a way of honoring them, mm-hmm. even so when important. they are gone. Mm-hmm. So important. It is. And I think we think that to honor people means we honor them in life. Mm-hmm. But when God says, honor your parents in the natural, mm-hmm. it's as well as in the spirit. We mm-hmm. have to honor them even after they've passed on. Yes. And there's a purity about that. Mm-hmm. It's us walking in right standing with Come the on. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there is that covering over us. There is favor over us because he knows how difficult this is for us to walk in this way. But it's obedience to the word of God. Obedience brings blessing. Hallelujah. Say that again, Belma, please. Obedience brings blessing. Blessing. Is it easy? No, it's very difficult. That's when we have to go to him and say, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Don't think I didn't cry for hours, for days, for weeks through this process. But obedience brought blessing. Amen. And you are sitting here today because of your obedience, God has just continued to bless you. And of course, we know it's not just about the money because her blessing is not coming just by what she's gaining monetarily mm-hmm. or not, but it's about what he's using her for. Mm-hmm. What are you doing today? Well, one of the ways that I got through this was to give my pain to God through movement. Wow. Come on, Velma. Yes. So I learned the dance of grief. The dance of grief. I did. What's that? I poured out my pain and sorrow to him Mm. using my body and movement. Wow. Let me backtrack. Please. When I met the Lord and the very first day I felt so different. You know how when you have a mint in your mouth and you're, you're, oh, my mouth. Well, my whole body felt like that. Wow. And... The next day when I woke up, 
And I'd heard the preacher say this the night before, but I certainly wasn't saying these kind of things. But out of my mouth came, praise the Lord. And I thought, oh, uh, well, never mind. Thank you, Jesus. I'm laying in bed saying this, and I jumped out of bed because I thought there was something in the bed. This isn't my type of... Speak. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Every second word was the swear word. So I ran into the bathroom. I looked in the mirror because I felt different. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see what looks different. And then it's like, oh, I looked at my hands. Of course, I knew I had hands. But I heard a voice say, these hands are going to praise me. Wow. So I went downstairs and I pulled out the toaster and I was, praise you, Jesus, for the toaster. Thank you, Father, for the knife. Praise you for the butter. Thank you for the bread. And I was praising him so much that after two hours, I remembered a song I had heard the night before. Two lines I remembered. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Those two lines came back to me. And I'd sang them over and over, and then all of a sudden, they changed. And I sang, I am washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. But I didn't just sing. My body started moving. My arms went up, my hands went up, and I started covering myself as if I was covered with a blanket or the blood. And then I made a movement for the Lamb of God, and all of these movement expressions came forth from me, and I didn't know what was going on, so I closed the drapes. I thought, I don't want anyone to ever know this is going on. Mm -hmm. But I know when I did it, it was my love expression to Jesus. It was my communication to Him. It was His love expression and communication back to me, and there this intimacy developed I had never experienced in my life. So for three years, I did this movement. I didn't know what it was. I called it my thing because at the time I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I did this movement thing in my worship closet for three years. I was what you call a closet worshiper. After three years, one of the worship leaders, I told her I do this thing at home. She came over to see what it was. And she played piano for three hours because I told her I need music and nothing happened. And she got up and said, okay, I'm going home. Nothing's happening here. And when she left, I said, Holy Spirit, why? When I do this movement every day, didn't you move through me tonight? And he clearly said to me, because, Belma, I don't want you to plan and tell me when to move. I want to be the one that inspires you and leads you to move. And I accepted that. That was his will and his heart. Well, it was six months later, I was invited to go with five other people to a worship conference in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. 5,000 people were registered, and some people in the congregation had instruments, and I didn't know why they weren't on stage. And I asked them, and because one lady had a harp, she took up three seats. I said, why aren't you on the stage with the worship team? And she said, because the Bible says we're to praise him with our instrument. And I thought, yeah, my body is my instrument. Come on, so I'm yes. going to go to the back of the room where nobody can see me. And when the music starts, I'm going to worship because after three years, I have lots of different vocabulary and movement. And there was people lined up from one end to the other. And when the music started, these people started doing the same thing that I was doing in my home for three years. I thought I was the only one in the whole world, and here they were doing it, and I thought I'd entered heaven watching them. And then Kent Henry 
was the worship leader, and he said, the Lord just told me to stop the service because there's a woman here who God placed a gift in her three years ago, and she calls it her thing. She's been hiding it in her worship closet ever since. Would that woman please come forward? Because God wants to pop your cork tonight. That's what he said. And I'm like, wow, oh my goodness, that's me. And I was so shy. I thought, I don't want to go up. And then another lady went up and I thought, oh, phew. And then he looked at her and he smiled and he said, you're not the one. And he points to the back where I am. And so I go up and he prayed for me and I was crying. And then I went back to my seat and the music started again. I jumped over my two worship leaders. I was in the aisle. And for the first time, I was doing this movement in public. Publicly. Mm-hmm. And they said, where did you learn that, Belma? I said, oh, well, that's my thing with Jesus. And they went, wow, Belma, that's dance. And I went, no, 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 that's my love expression to Jesus. Wow. But anyways, they invited me to come with them. They had a team of 30 people, singers, musicians, and we need a principal dancer. So I went with them to all these different, we were doing the Christian Reformed Church circuit, and they would sing, and I would just be running up and down the aisles, waving flags and dancing to the songs, worshiping. And so it was the first time I was released to do that. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, I never wanted to share it because everything in life had been pulled out from under me, had been taken from me. Mm-hmm. And this gift from God, I didn't want anyone to steal it from me. It was your personal. It was my own personal. personal. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then as time went on, I realized, oh, other people are getting blessed from this mm-hmm. because As I was doing it, one day God spoke to me and said, I want you to teach the children in your church. Mm -hmm. And so I started having worship dance classes for children in my church. And a three-hour class would consist of prayer, Bible reading, and the last 20 minutes would be dance, to actually dance, Mm -hmm. because we were building on a relationship with Jesus. And that's what it's all about, Belma. Yes. That's what it's all about, a relationship with Jesus. Yes. And so then we ended up doing a conference where the children danced. They were face down and the people were weeping. And they said, we need this in our church. Yes. We don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. So that's how the ministry started. I ended up going to... My first church was in St. Catharines, teaching a group of children. I'd never done this before. What do I do, Lord? And then I thought, well, I know. I'll teach them upbeat music. I'll bring balloons. I'll have, you know, fast-moving music and colored ribbons. And God said, no, I want you to teach them about prayer. And I thought, well, God, that's kind of boring. I'm going to lose them. But it was like this Holy Ghost nag all the way there. And when I got there... And I said to the children, how many of you have hurts today? Every hand went up. And I said, we're going to take those hurts, we're going to put them in our hearts, and we're going to lay them at the feet of Jesus. Mm. And I had a song that was 58 seconds long, and I played it, and in 58 seconds, that room changed before me like I've never seen. Uh, The children were down when their heads came up. Tears were rolling down their face. I said, what happened to the first little girl? And she said, well, I was down. My head was down. I was on my knees. And 
I felt something on both of my hands. She says, I peeked. I saw Jesus's feet on both of my hands and something came out of his feet and went through my whole body. And now I feel all better. And another child said, well, Jesus came from that corner. He came towards me with a big knife and I gave him my heart. He took my heart. He cut out all the pain and he gave it back to me. And now I feel all better. And another child said, oh, he came to me with a huge scrub brush and he scrubbed my heart and now I feel all clean. And I didn't know, but that child was getting sexually abused. Another child said, well, he came and put a blanket of peace over me because the children are always making fun of me, but I know his blanket is over me and I'm protected. And so at the end of that class, I was fearful because they had paid me to come and teach dance and we hadn't danced. Mm -hmm. It was all about building our relationship with Jesus. The children had gotten in touch with their spirit, with the spirit of the living God connected with him. And out of that flowed their love expression to him. And so we left, the class ended the next week because I had written, I had read scripture. The children all brought their Bibles. I read a scripture And next thing you know, we've been sitting in a circle. The children get up, their backs are to me, and they're all doing movement, and there's no music. And when I asked them later, what did you hear? They all heard the same song from heaven. I didn't hear it. It's just like when I was in that first class and the children were touched by God. I didn't see Jesus in that class, but I did after I heard their testimonies, Mm -hmm. saw how he would have walked among them, put his hand on each one of them and blessed them. And because they were obedient to do what he wanted them to do, lay their prayers before him wow, and their hearts before him. So we ended up being asked by the pastor to do a presentation in their Sunday morning service, Mm -hmm. which they did. We ended with that same song with their heads down And then the sound man came forward and he said, my little six-year-old boy is up there and I'm watching him and I want what he has. And I'm trying to envision crawling in his body so I can dance. And he said, and I can't, I'm all bound up. Can you help me? And I'm looking at the pastor going, this isn't part of the program. And, but one by one, the parents stood up and people in the congregation and the men, and they said, we were so touched. We felt like God touched us where we were sitting. And can she come teach us? We want a youth workshop, a women's workshop, a men's workshop. And that's how it started. It was word of mouth. And it just went out from city to province, nationally, internationally. And people have gotten touched and healed, lives transformed. I have the privilege of watching this happen. It's like I'm in another realm mm-hmm. when I am teaching these people enter into a connection with the Holy Spirit that is so heavenly. It is a heavenly realm that they say, all they do is say, yes, yes, Lord. And they enter in, God touches them and they are transformed and healed. Unbelievable. It's like when I was in France, I was doing a workshop for adults. We were talking about intimacy with Jesus to release things and intimacy and movement. One lady's running around the gym I don't know what's going on, but she gave testimony after two weeks and she said, when I was a little girl, I was sexually abused every day by my own father, Mm. after which I would get dressed, 
run into the forest and hug a tree. That was my only source of comfort. And in the workshop, I went back into that scene and she said, I started running, running, looking for the tree. And I found it. I found the tree and the tree became Jesus and the the branches became the arms of Jesus. And I heard him say to me, my daughter, if you hug me today by faith, I will heal you. And she said, I hugged him and all the feeling and emotion and the numbness, the numbness came out of my body, feeling and emotion came back. She said, I was able for the first time in 26 years to make love to my husband with feeling and emotion. And I haven't had a nightmare in two weeks. Wow. That's only the spirit of the living God. Amen. Nobody can say it's you doing it. It is Jesus. It is Holy Spirit. It is Father's will, his heart to heal people, to bring them closer to him, no matter what it takes. No matter what it takes. And you know, Ben, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm astounded to hear this kind of a story. But what I sense coming out of all of this is what you have done. Through the years, your forgiveness of your mother, you're honoring your mother. You are now honoring the Lord and he's honoring you by what you are doing because he's showing you the healing that is coming through what he taught you for three years in a closet. You are traveling all over the world now. Yes. I mean, who would have ever thunk it? It wasn't my dream. I didn't know this was going to happen. But people are hungry. They're hungry to get to know God in a more intimate way. Amen. That's what it's all about. And the men, the men want to be warriors. Mm. And they, I, I go and I teach the women workshops, the children, the youth, and the men set, come set me aside and say, please, can you teach us how to be warriors? And I end up teaching them dances. Wow. And then they present in front of the congregation. And it is glorious how when the men lead out, the whole church erupts like in a football game. Come on. And they're just rooting the men, but it's the Spirit of God, I think, that really edges them on and brings them up out of their seat because they're being lifted to higher heights as they watch this. It's biblical. The men are the leaders in the home, the spiritual Mm. leaders, as they see them march out, waving their flags, proclaiming Jesus as Lord, lifting up the banner of our glorious God, representing the family, representing the church. That is what brings people to their feet because they know this is lining up with God's will. Amen. Belma, we only have two minutes left. Can you tell them where to find you? Because this is amazing. I'm booking you. I'm, I'm, I've booked her already, so don't worry. <laughs> She's booked for Branford. But tell people where they can find you, please. On my webpage, www.celebrationofdance.com. Also, I have a ministry Facebook page called Belma Vardy Travels. And my phone number, 905-336-1499. And the email is belmavardy at celebrationofdance.com. Or they can just email the customer service department on the webpage and somebody will answer. Amen. Wow. You know, when you think of this and what the Lord has done, the word I keep coming back to is honor. Mm. He, you honored him. Yes. And he's honoring you. And I think that people really need to understand that when the Lord says he's going to honor you, he will, you mm-hmm. know, yes. he, he turns what seems bad 
into a blessing because his honor is he bless you. Yes. And we just need to close. Do you just have one little word as we close? Ephesians 3, verse 19, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I just sense the Holy Spirit in the studio today. Belma, thank you so much. It has been such a blessing, and I know there's so much more. But you know what? God bless you, my sister. Thank you so much for being obedient, for honoring your mother, for honoring your parents, even though you were left rejected, abandoned. May the Lord continue to bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you his shalom. Thank you so much. It's been a joy and a privilege to be here. God bless you. Thank you. And that concludes the second part of my testimony story. For greater detail of this story, please look for my book entitled Because God Was There, which can be ordered through Amazon or my webpage www.celebrationofdance.com. You can write me at belmavardi at celebrationofdance.com or the customer service department on our webpage. Or you can find me on my ministry Facebook page called Belma Vardy Travels. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Heavenly Interventions with Belma Vardy. And I look forward to our next time together.